Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah! Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Gun show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm your host, Ty Kersley. This week, American hate. I am under attack. We will discuss the increase of hate speech and violence in our country, specifically how it has impacted the queer, Jewish, and AAIP communities. I speak to fellow gaggers Robert Dominic, Shep Huanan, and Sunny Moon about specific incidents of threats and violence, and how we all share a collective trauma when others in our communities are terrorized and murdered. But first, here is Libby Edwards with the In Memoriam. Today, we remember Unique Banks, who was at least the 13th transgender or gender nonconforming person killed in Chicago since 2013, more than any other city. The United States has seen a marked increase in anti-LGBTQ hate crimes, especially against transgender people. Unique Banks, a 21-year-old Latina transgender woman, was fatally shot and killed on January 23rd of this year. She was killed in a mass shooting that also took the life of her 43-year-old mother, Alexandra Olmo. Alexandra's boyfriend and two other transgender women survived the home invasion but were hospitalized in critical condition. Omar Burgos, Unique's father, said that his heart was torn apart and that he had been hoping for Unique to come live with him in Florida. Unique's brother also remembered her on social media, referring to her as Pukiana. He wrote that she was his best friend, saying, It hurts you're not here and I can't hear your voice, but you will forever be in my heart and by my side. I love you forever. He also wrote about their mother, referring to her as a strong Wonder Woman who held it down even at our littlest moments. My proud lioness mama, I'll never, never, and I mean ever, stop thinking about you. The deaths of Unique and Alexandra happened in January. There have been 40 mass murders thus far in 2023, the highest rate in 10 years. Unique and Alexandra, we remember you. Well, Robbie, welcome to Radio Gag. Thank you for having me, Ty. As always, I really enjoy being here, but I just wish we didn't have to be here doing a show like this. Let's run through the last couple of years of how incidents have happened, how hate speech has affected the queer community and attacks and obviously homicides as well. I work in queer media and I thought I was pretty kind of abreast of the information kind of knowing what was going on in our community, but just looking at the numbers and the sheer hate that we are having to deal with these past years, I feel like 
10 years ago, we were in a much, much better place nationally, internationally, as a community than we are today. And I think a lot of that can be directed at the now disgraced, twice impeached, one-term former president. Um, the Human Rights Campaign reported that 2018 saw the highest ever number of LGBTQ homicides, mostly with guns, 2018. And now USA Today is reporting just this past August that an unprecedented and dangerous anti-LGBTQ misinformation language and campaign surged 400% following the passage of the now historic don't say gay legislation in Florida spearheaded by DeSantis. It really is the, the voices that we don't hear are now being able to kind of lash out and attack. And what, what were some of the reports that we had of, of actual violence? Um, in Los Angeles County in 2021, hate crimes spiked by 23%. That's putting them at 74%, the highest it's been in the past 18 years. These findings reflect our shift into an increasingly violent society. You can see it in the media. Everyone, there's just so much anger everywhere. It's thinly veiled bigotry have become normalized in our culture. These out of these 23% spike, LGBTQ plus people were more often than not the victims of these hate crimes. Crimes based on sexual orientation went up 15% with 85 of the eight crimes based on sexual orientation went up 15% with 85% of them targeting gay men. Let's not forget what just happened in Colorado at Club Q. A violent attack aimed at our community, killing five people. Thanks to the quick standing people in the club, it could have been many, many, many more. He was certainly uh, prepared, prepared for more. Uh, the Human Rights Campaign also put out a report, and this is uh, this is extremely disturbing. A woman was arrested in Massachusetts in September. She was charged with making a bomb threat against Boston Children's Hospital. This is a children's hospital where doctors and nurses work trying to save sick kids and injured kids. Boston Children's Hospital. She called in a bomb threat. The reason? Because this hospital offers gender-affirming care for trans youth. She called on August 30th and said, there is a bomb on the way to the hospital. Remember, children's hospital, where there's doctors and nurses and sick kids. There is a bomb on the way to the hospital. You better evacuate everybody, you sickos. That was just part of 24 different hospitals and healthcare providers over a four month period being harassed online and through the phones with threats of violence because they provide gender affirming care to trans youth, 24 different hospitals. And this is driven, these campaigns are not just people sitting in their houses. 
by themselves. They are driven by right-wing social media accounts and elevated by Republican politicians and large platforms like Fox News. This is all tied together. Don't say gay, the attacks on trans youth, the attacks on the community as a whole, this is all tied together by the rise in anti-queer and anti-gay and anti-LGBTQ plus rhetoric from government officials. Right, it's it's the permission, the permission to hate. And a library that is open to everyone. You mentioned drag queen story hours being now attacked by white supremacists. Glad documented 124 attacks against drag events in 47 states, including armed white supremacists, terrifying children at drag queen story hours. It's focusing on a problem that, that's not there while they can take our rights away because right now, I mean, this is just a very exciting radio gag for us because it just seems very depressing. Right now, there are, at this time in Congress, there are 184 anti-LGBTQ bills in the U.S. right now. The ALCU is tracking them through Congress. Some of them have no hopes of getting passed, and some in red states are probably going to pass, and we are going to see our rights being taken away. I am under attack. We are under attack. You are under attack. I am under attack. We are under attack. What is affirming that we can tell people? Finally, uh, to leave on a somewhat happier note, since I feel I've been all doom and gloom, um, I did write a story um, where in Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, Addison Foskey had a pride display in his front yard. Um, One morning he woke up and the flags he had out were destroyed by homophobes. Um, He then decided to not let them win and took a TikTok video of the destruction and then put new flags up. The local news channel caught wind of this once thousands and thousands of people on TikTok started sending him pride flags and he amassed one of the biggest pride displays Albuquerque, New Mexico has ever seen. When it was all said and done, he thinks he had over 12,000 pride flags. And and great. So there that's... is good out there. Well, that's the support that it's not just needed, but is fun to jump onto and say like, you know, don't let the bastards get you down. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, those bastards are armed. And mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to bring attention to you is we're under attack. And mm-hmm. not only do we need you to care, we need you to act. So thank you for bringing me that. And to our listeners, uh, Robbie, I appreciate it. I know that it gets difficult in this in this work, but you're on the right side. And I think you're uh, you're really helping us out by giving us the kind of details that we need. I'm sorry, I'm giving you a horrible sign off. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah, I want to thank you. Yeah, I, thank you. So stupid. <laughs> I want to thank you for coming on. This is going to be such a short interview. You're going to be like, God, we didn't save it three things when it airs. Well, let's just go. It's fine. It's it's fine. fine. All right. All right. Thanks again for being, uh, for helping me out with this. I wanted to highlight this, and I know you as a, a queer journalist and, you know, a former teacher and obviously an activist. 
that you would be able to kind of just show the timeline and the disgusting acts of hate and violence that we have to deal with. But thank you for also ending it with um, some of what social media has brought to us, which is just as easy as it is to tell someone, you know, you hate them or you're going to blow up a building. It's just as easy to show someone support and love. And uh, thank you for that. Thank you, Ty. Thank you for having me. And thank you to Gays Against Guns. You're listening to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Gun Show, here on listener-sponsored commercial-free radio, WBAI. We are here every Tuesday at 2.30, bringing you the latest in gun violence prevention movement news. If you miss a show, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform. Please go to WBAI.org or call 212-209-2950 and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Thank you. Our first guest is a journalist and former teacher, fellow gagger Robert Dominic. I asked him to report on the increase of hate speech and attacks on the queer community. Well, Robbie, welcome to Radio Gag. Thank you for having me, Ty. As always, I really enjoy being here, but I just wish we didn't have to be here doing a show like this. Let's run through the last couple of years of how incidents have happened, how hate speech has affected the queer community and attacks and obviously homicides as well. I work in queer media and I thought I was pretty kind of abreast of the information, kind of knowing what was going on in our community, but just looking at the numbers and the sheer hate that we are having to deal with these past years. I feel like 10 years ago, we were in a much, much better place nationally, internationally as a community than we are today. And I think a lot of that can be directed at the now disgraced, twice impeached, one-term former president. Um, The Human Rights Campaign reported that 2018 saw the highest ever number of LGBTQ homicides, mostly with guns, 2018. And now USA Today is reporting just this past August that an unprecedented and dangerous anti-LGBTQ misinformation language and campaign surged 400% following the passage of the now historic don't say gay legislation in Florida spearheaded by DeSantis. It really is the the voices that we don't hear are now being able to kind of lash out and attack. And what what were some of the reports that we had of, of actual violence? Um, In Los Angeles County in 2021, hate crimes spiked by 23%. That's putting them at 74%, the highest it's been in the past 18 years. These findings reflect our shift into an increasingly violent society. You can see it in the media. Everyone, there's just so much anger everywhere. It's thinly veiled bigotry have become normalized in our culture. These out of these 23% spike, LGBTQ plus people were more often than not 
the victims of these hate crimes. Crimes based on sexual orientation went up 15%, with 85 of the eight crimes based on sexual orientation went up 15%, with 85% of them targeting gay men. Let's not forget what just happened in Colorado at Club Q. A violent attack aimed at our community, killing five people. Thanks to the quick standing people in the club, it could have been many, many, many more. He was certainly uh, prepared prepared for more. Uh, the Human Rights Campaign also put out a report, and this is... Uh, this is extremely disturbing. A woman was arrested in Massachusetts in September. She was charged with making a bomb threat against Boston Children's Hospital. This is a children's hospital where doctors and nurses work trying to save sick kids and injured kids. Boston Children's Hospital. She called in a bomb threat. The reason? Because this hospital offers gender-affirming care for trans youth. She called on August 30th and said, there is a bomb on the way to the hospital. Remember, Children's Hospital, where there's doctors and nurses and sick kids. There is a bomb on the way to the hospital. You better evacuate everybody, you sickos. That was just part of 24 different hospitals and healthcare providers over a four month period being harassed online and through the phones with threats of violence because they provide gender-affirming care to trans youth. 24 different hospitals. And this is driven, these campaigns are not just people sitting in their houses by themselves. They are driven by right-wing social media accounts and elevated by Republican politicians and large platforms like Fox News. This is all tied together. Don't say gay, the attacks on trans youth, the attacks on the community as a whole. This is all tied together by the rise in anti-queer and anti-gay and anti-LGBTQ plus rhetoric from government officials. Right, it's, it's the permission the permission to hate and a library that is open to everyone you mentioned drag queen story hours being now attacked by white supremacists glad documented 124 attacks against drag events in 47 states including armed white supremacists terrifying children at drag queen story hours it's focusing on a problem that that's not there while they can take our rights away because right now, I mean, this is just a very exciting radio gag for us because it just seems very depressing. Right now, there are, at this time in Congress, there are 184 anti-LGBTQ bills in the U.S. right now. The ALCU is tracking them through Congress. Some of them have no hopes of getting passed and some in red states are probably going to pass and we are going to see our rights being taken away. I am under attack. We are under attack. Yeah. You are under attack. I am under attack. We are under attack. What is affirming that we can tell people? Finally, uh, to leave on a somewhat happier note, since I feel I've been all doom and gloom, 
um, I did write a story um, where in Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, Addison Foskey had a pride display in his front yard. Um, one morning he woke up and the flags he had out were destroyed by homophobes. Um, he then decided to not let them win and took a TikTok video of the destruction and then put new flags up. The local news channel caught wind of this once thousands and thousands of people on TikTok started sending him pride flags and he amassed one of the biggest pride displays Albuquerque, New Mexico has ever seen. When it was all said and done, he thinks he had over 12,000 pride flags. And and great. So because there that's... is good out there. Well, that's the support that it's not just needed, but is fun to jump onto and say, like, you know, don't let the bastards get you down. Mm -hmm. um, but unfortunately, those bastards are armed. And mm -hmm. that's what we're trying to bring attention to you is we're under attack. And mm -hmm. not only do we need you to care, we need you to act. So thank you for bringing me that. And to our listeners, uh, Robbie, I appreciate it. I know that. Hi. Thanks again for being, uh, for helping me out with this. I wanted to highlight this. And I know you as a, a queer journalist and, you know, a former teacher and obviously an activist that you would be able to do, kind of just show the timeline and the disgusting acts of hate and violence that we have to deal with. But thank you for also ending it with, um, some of what social media has brought to us, which is just as easy as it is to tell someone, you know, you hate them or you're going to blow up a building. It's just as easy to show someone support and love. And uh, thank you for that. Thank you, Ty. Thank you for having me. And thank you to Gays Against Guns. You're listening to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Gun show here on listener sponsored commercial free radio WBAI. We are here every Tuesday at 2.30, bringing you the latest in gun violence prevention movement news. If you miss a show, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform. Here's a special report on the increase of hate and violence towards the Jewish American community from Gagger Shep Wanan. Anti-Semitism is frequently called the world's oldest hatred, going back at least 2,000 years. The difference between the hatred of Jews and the hatred of other peoples is that anti-Semitism is truly a worldwide disease. Wherever the Jews wandered, anti-Semitism was sure to follow. But the U.S. is different. There's far less anti-Semitism here than in Europe, Africa, and Asia. But now, anti-Semitism is spiking. Back in the 1930s and 40s, fear and loathing of Jews reached a fever pitch with people like Charles Lindbergh and Father Coughlin openly supporting Nazi Germany and spewing tired old tropes about the Jews. But now anti-Semitism has started to increase again. Since 2016, with the rise of Donald Trump, white nationalism, white supremacy, and the white Christian movement, the MAGA Republicans are not calling out such obvious haters as Marjorie Taylor Greene with her talk of Jewish space lasers and Donald Trump dining with Nick Fuentes, a well-known Holocaust denier and Jew hater. It seems that Jew hate is becoming normalized in the United States. And that led directly to the attack on the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh in 2016, killing 11. In many, in, in many ways, Jew hate is related to all other forms of racism, there's a kind of intersectionality of hate. 
But what is unique about those who hate the Jews is that some hate for their race or for religion or both. Another unique aspect of Jew hate is it can come from the right or the left. Many who profess to be liberals frequently conflate criticism of Israel or even anti-Zionism with anti-Semitism. 2022 saw a significant increase in anti-Semitic hate crimes here in New York City and throughout the United States. In New York, attacks on Jews went up 41% in 2022. There were 293 total anti-Semitic incidents in 2022, rising from 207 back in 2021. In November alone, there were 45 hate crimes motivated by anti-Semitism versus 20 a year before, a 125% increase. An attempted attack was foiled when two armed individuals carrying a large hunting knife, a Glock 17 firearm, a 30-round magazine, and a Nazi armband who were planning to attack Jewish, the Jewish community of New York were arrested by NYPD at Penn Station on November 18th. Just last week, the world observed International Holocaust Remembrance Day, commemorating 78 years since the Soviet army liberated Auschwitz, where over one million Jews were systematically slaughtered. And yet, many today are denying the Holocaust. Vigilance is needed to compact all forms of hate we must not forget or whitewash the Holocaust or slavery. That is our goal, to always remember. Hi, Sunny. Welcome back to Radio Gag. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I brought you on for two reasons. One, this show is called American Hate. I'm under attack. And, and I've brought it for three separate gaggers. I have you um, that I want to want you to help me and, and the listeners understand the attacks on the AIP community uh, and also the involvement that you've uh, that you've seen over the weekend with the Tyree Nichols protests uh, because police brutality is part of our mission statement. We are against it and any armed attack or uh, provoked attack through weapons is, is, is what we're here to report on. So how did how did your involvement this weekend go? So I think like a lot of Americans um, and actually people around the world, we've seen a lot of police violence, unfortunately, against black and brown bodies, especially black young male bodies. But Tyree Nichols, it was just, you know, what happened to him, the circumstances of how he died, and as a as a as a mom, um, knowing that he was so close to home and then he was crying out for his mom was just, I, when I, so I couldn't watch the video. I just couldn't, um, but I felt like I had to bear witness. So I listened to some of the audio and um, that was Friday. And I was up until about 3.30 in the morning thinking about him and his mom and crying. I just don't, you know, and when I learned more about him I could see myself hanging out with him. He just seemed like a really cool, you know, guy. And it's, they didn't use a gun but it was just so awful and so, I felt like I needed to get my anger and my sadness um, uh, to be a little bit constructive because I really wanted to go out and like slap a policeman. I'm, I'm just kidding. But, you know, I was just so enraged as well. Well, you have self-control. It's yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. thought. There's yeah, difference. Yeah. Action. So I wanted to take my rage and channel it into something a little bit less destructive and more productive. And so um, for me, protesting 
it serves various functions. You know, it's to highlight an issue that maybe some people are not as aware of, but also I think for a lot of people who do this, it's a way to be in solidarity with other people who feel like us and support each other because it was so, it felt really calming to be around other people who are as outraged as me and wanted to take a stand. And so I participated in a couple of events. I did a, a justice ride with street riders on, on Saturday afternoon. And I love doing that. It's just, you take over the streets, you cause a little inconvenience, which I love the idea that we cause just a little bit of inconvenience to say, you know what, Tyree Nichols' life matter. Like in your little world where you're like going around in your gate, we want you to know what happened. Yeah, you may um, be late. That, five minutes late to something or yeah, exactly whatever. but bring this story with you and why you're right, late right um you know screaming tyree nichols mattered while we bicycled down the streets that we shut down was really a good way to channel the, the anger that i had and then i went to another rally um in washington square park and i was you know it was a horrible situation but i was delighted to see so many people that i know and that there's like you know like people like me who are just as outraged and it was interesting because there were a couple of other asian people especially on the justice right because we were we had a lot of time to sit around before we got started and we were talking about how you know i guess some people would look at us and say well why are you here and i felt like because of what happened with the recent shootings in california um it impacted me even more it, I, and, I, and I don't mean to sound obnoxious about that I'm not black but like I was already reeling from what happened on Lunar New Year and then this happened and it was just you know I just was like as long even I've been doing gun violence prevention for such a long time I just I was just like Jesus Christ like what is wrong with this country it's like violence is how we define ourselves now you know, this is insane and scary, whether we're talking gun violence or just, it's just, it, I was just distraught. I, I mean, it's just, I'm usually a Pollyanna about things and I still am more, you know, hopeful, but it's really hard these days. Um, you know, starting off the new year was so much violence, so much violence and uh, the groups that were impacted. I mean, I know that every day people, Die from gun violence and other kinds of violence, but some of the ones that got a lot of media attention, you know, impacted the Asian community. Um, and uh, and another young black man was um, murdered by the police. It's a lot. To really just make you forget about how far we come when there's still that brutality and there's still the 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 desire to hurt and to kill. Yeah, I'm just gonna put it out there because I I want to just clear the air about. Uh, the shootings that happened on the Lunar New Year. So I, I think most people recognize this, but just in case people are not as familiar, like Lunar New Year is like the big holiday for a lot of Asian countries. It's, you know, it's not just Chinese, um, but a lot of, uh, like I'm from South Korea, we celebrate Lunar New Year. It's probably one of the most important holidays. And it's a holiday that's centered on family, where people, if they don't live near their you know, immediate family, they will travel to be with their immediate family. It's about prosperity, good luck, like it's a very positive holiday. So to have this happen on Lunar New Year, I, I just kept thinking to myself, you know, I'm Korean American. So the Korean part of me is celebrating Lunar New Year and the American part is there's a mass shooting now associated with Lunar holiday with their Lunar New Year. Just like every sort of um, event in America seems like there's some mass shooting associated with key things that we do, which is really shameful. And um, and I have to admit, when I first heard about the initial, because there were two mass shootings, when I first heard about the um, 
for shooting at Monterey Park. I thought that it was probably a hate crime. And the and then when it turned out it was somebody from within the community, um, you know, I had there's other things I want to say about that. Um, you know, I people were like, oh, you guys are politicizing it. I'm like, gun violence prevention is already politicized because it's up to the politicians right now to make laws change. So I'm not making it any more political than it already is. And also, how can anybody be how can anybody like not understand the collective trauma and PTSD that the Asian community has lived through because of the Asian bias during the pandemic and, and COVID. And we've had real targeted hate crimes against us, including shootings. So that wasn't me like blaming a white person because I want to blame, that was me like, oh my God, it's happened again in a country awash with guns. Like of that, of course, that's going to be my first thing. Like it's like you know the the Occam's razor. You know, don't go looking for you know zebras when it's horses. I was like, oh, you know, this is America these days with guns and hate crime and you know Donald Trump saying racist things every day and nobody in his party standing up. So that was what I assumed. And then I saw a lot of pushback from uh, you know right wing pundits saying, oh, you, you know, they wanted to immediately say it was a hate crime and they were so wrong. Ha 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 ha. It was so cynical not even one word of uh, sympathy for the shooters or concern that people are so terrorized in this country that when something like that happens, it's like, oh my God, my, it's not just, it's, it's, it's a shooting that was maybe driven by hate. And so we're all at danger again, at heightened danger compared to before the shooting. And so it's, it was really interesting because in this case, it wasn't about people ignoring the gun violence. It was about how to make it fit their narrative. But in my case, I'm like, okay, it doesn't matter whether it was domestic violence, hate crime, or work frustration. It's just, it's the guns. It always comes down to the guns. And I have to say that um, I was speaking with some of my other, um, especially my Asian American female friends, and we're like, you know, we're kind of, you know, this, we're surprised that this doesn't happen more because we, um, a lot of East Asian countries in particular are very patriarchal. Um, and so, they don't have guns in Korea. They don't have guns in China or Japan. And so it's just not part of our culture. But once they come to America, you know, we know that toxic masculinity is something that we talk about is a factor in gun violence. And so, yeah, I'm not, you know, yeah, I, I, I worry that it'll happen more. And I'm not, this is definitely not an excuse. There is no excuse. But um, I do wonder though, that if these are people who are sort of on edge and had impulse and anger issues, if the stress of the last couple of years added to that, because I know one of them was, I think, a restaurant worker, and the other one was a farmer, and it's it's just hard being Asian American. The other day, I was I posted something about how hard it is because within one day, I saw a new uh, Wall Street Journal article with a very clickbait headline that said, "Are there too many Asians?" And I read the article. I knew that it wasn't what it, but they used that. And they would never use that for any other group, especially, and they used that headline a couple days after the two mass shootings. I, I think that, again, um, direct action is so important in highlighting issues. And sometimes I feel like people are like, oh, she's always taking pictures of herself. But it's, it's, to, it's for the attention so that it's in the front of the news. Uh, because if it's not in the news, people always get upset. And a lot, there were some initial talk within the Asian American community that I saw where they were talking about how come these murders are not getting the attention that other mass shootings get. But I think everything's so subjective and like they're looking at it from, you know, I, I, I couldn't judge that. But it's just so much harder to be Asian than it used to be. And in terms of just 
um, you know, feeling safe. And in New York City, where we live, I know that violent crime has come down, but then something like that happens, even though it's in California, just knowing what America's like, it just brings out more fear. And it's just, I, I think that, I think that this has just been a really hard start to the year. And, you know, for, for a lot of um, Asians, you know, Lunar New Year's the start to our year. It's just been a really hard time. And we've already like gone through what we thought would be like the worst three years. And it's like, no, I know. Uh, I understand it's, it's more difficult, but it is, it is interesting that I'm putting these three uh, together because the Jewish community, though separate and the Asian AAIP community and, and queer community, but they're all mixed together in different right. parts. You know, one of the disturbing trends that I do see is, and and again, I don't think it's everybody, but, you know, you know, it's to the benefit of white supremacy when other groups are fighting for the crumbs. And sometimes we, people are reacting in ways that are, you know, really destructive. Like I've seen, and I'll be the first to say it, like, you know, there's racism amongst in everybody. And um, I've seen anti-Black racism on the rise after some of the hate crimes committed against a AAPI people and that's just wrong and that's what I'm concerned about because again there's hate there's you know there's division everywhere but we live in a country where there's so many guns and you know and we also don't take care of our people I mean even, it's just I, I worry more and more about you know what the world's going to be like with you know when my son is my age who's 16 now Thanks again for being on the show. <laughs> Thank you for doing the show. And I'm always happy to help out. No, I appreciate it. And I uh, hope to see you soon. Okay. Thanks, right. Ty. Bye. To find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at gazeagainstgunsny on Facebook and Instagram or gag no guns on Twitter. Also, go to our Human Beings Facebook page for a more personal look at gun violence victims and their stories. Also, be sure to check out our website to learn more about actions. Sign up for info about meetings and actions at gagsignup at gmail.com. Remember, all are welcome to come to gag meetings. Well, it's time to end our show. Don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform. Have a great and safe day.